One day each of us will close our eyes for the final time. Our hearts will slowly cease to beat and our last breath will whisper through silent lips as we leave this existence behind. Yet is this truly the end? Do we simply cease to be as the last spark races from our brains along cooling neurons to its final destination in oblivion? Or does the part of us that is uniquely our own continue beyond the grave? Is there existence beyond the temporal? And if so, what mysteries might that existence hold? There are those who would have us believe that our lives end with our final tomorrow, that the physical world is both our beginning and ultimate end. There are also those who reject this explanation, instead contending that the physical world is simply one aspect of an existence which may stretch on through eternity. For now, we are left to wonder if the strange apparitions are a product of our feverish minds, or if ghosts do haunt the fringes of the material world. The ultimate truth may lie somewhere between, unknown to us until we each pass beyond that veil. And between our searching eyes and that veil lies a path that leads us to the Shadows of Legend. Hello, this is Charles Romans, your host for Shadows of Legend. Today we're speaking with Justin Boland from Alberta, Canada, and he wants to talk about his experiences in the haunted Johnston house. Mr. Boland, how are you today? Not too bad. How are you, Charlie? I'm pretty good so far. So uh, I understand that you have uh, some experiences in this home. And, and, and to start with, let me uh, clarify a little bit for the listeners. Did you actually live in the home? Do you own the home? Or uh, what's the dynamic there? Yeah, we own the home. And we've lived there since 2014. And we've had uh, quite a few experiences that have occurred over the years. And we've actually opened up the house to guests to come and, and try their hand at uh, communicating with our spirits as well. So it's been very interesting living in the place. Now, were you aware that it had activity of a supernatural nature before you purchased the property? No, we actually did not purchase the property based on the fact that it was haunted. However, when we found out that it was, it didn't phase us a whole lot. We bought it because of its beautiful character. It was first built in 1911, so it's quite an older home for us up here in Alberta, Canada. And, uh, yeah, we fell in love with it, and we've been there ever since. You know, older homes have, have a lot of character built that long ago. This was long before everything was compartmentalized, and they would build tract houses, for instance, that you'd have 20 houses that all look the same. <laughs> yeah, that's right. This one, uh, it's got tons of character, and, you know, the... Back then, it took them a couple of years to put a house up, whereas now they can put up a few houses in, you know, a couple of weeks kind of idea. So they put a lot of love into these older homes, and it definitely shows and holds its character today. Well, and that's, that's good to know. Uh, did you have any trouble renovating it, or was it renovation even necessary? It was pretty much done when we moved in. We've done a few things with the home. With an older house, you're always kind of updating and fixing and and changing things around. We've been uh, we've been doing that ever since we bought it in 2014. But it's it's been a joy, and the house has been great to us. And uh, we we have had uh, our little experiences in the home, and and they're more interesting and exciting to us than scary. And uh, yeah, they're it's it's unique. And that's really good to know that it, it's not something that's terrifying or, or even uncomfortable. To, to endure. So if you wouldn't mind, let's just start at the beginning here. When was the first time you experienced 
some sort of activity that, that could be explained as paranormal? Well, we uh, first experiences my wife had when she was going downstairs to do laundry, actually, in the home. She would claim that she had stuff that would be pulling her hair or something was pulling her hair when she'd go down to do the laundry. So uh, initially, I didn't think too much of it. I thought things were just happening and she couldn't explain it away, but they were naturally happening. But it wasn't too long before I had started having a little experiences here and there myself. I know that one of the early, early onsets in the home was uh, for me that uh, I remember quite vaguely sitting on the couch in our living room and uh, thinking I was all alone and watching TV program. It wasn't long before something, something sat down and I heard something sit down beside me. It was a leather, leather furniture. So it's pretty explicit when something sits beside you in a leather couch and I couldn't explain it away, but I knew why I'd heard. So it wasn't long before I got up and scrambled up the stairs and uh, <laughs> ran to the safety of my bedroom well, you know, as, as, there, you were, as, as you were sharing that, it, it occurred to me, well, if you could hear something sit down, it would have to be a leather piece of furniture or something with some yeah. sort of couch cover, for instance. So anybody that's ever yeah. owned leather so, or even vinyl furniture knows that it makes a distinctive sound when there's pressure put against it. Yes, definitely. And that's exactly what I had heard. And uh, like I say, looked over and there was nothing there that was sitting beside me. So... Um, it wasn't long after we started having more things happen in the home. You could hear discussion in the in the next room over, and, and you know that you're the only person in the house. Our pets started uh, sensing things that were going on around them that we couldn't see. We have uh, a cat that would uh, would be looking like it's playing with, with something that was not there. Uh, we've had dogs that would get scared and kind of go run away from certain areas in the home or start barking at a corner of the, the room or, or the like. So once we got some of those things that are, were happening, we had a paranormal team actually reach out to us I see. and they came through the home. Yeah. And, and they wanted to uh, basically go through the home. They were looking for older homes, the Edwardian homes that ours was just to see what they could pick up. And it was pretty interesting what they picked up on their investigation. So, so now they they reached out to you. You say they did. Did yep, they? They say, did. Yeah. And, and you said that they were looking at houses along that style, but did they, they heard anything specific about your home? No, they had not heard anything specific about our house. They were looking for older houses. Our our town didn't become a town up here until 1915. So we were one of the older homes in the area, and they had just wanted to come through and, and see kind of what they can as a team. And uh, one of the, the EVPs that they captured was quite interesting, and they sent that away, and it was one of the more clear EVPs that have been captured by by the organization that uh, ended up coming and, and doing a big investigation of our home later on. We see now, if uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but your home and the stories involving it and everything has been on television, correct? It has been on television subsequently since all that stuff came out. So our, our uh, EVP that was captured was sent away to an organization called World's Largest Ghost Hunt. And uh, what that organization does is live stream haunted houses from all over the world and they chose our house from one of three in Canada 
and they live streamed the event and we got quite a bit of notoriety of the home after that had aired and we've we've subsequently been on numerous podcasts and quite a few networks have come through the home and uh, breakfast television and uh, yeah we had a a little episode that was filmed on believers it's uh, on travel and escapes so yes uh, yeah we've we've had quite a bit of exposure there so we well, yeah, one thing is you're telling me that uh, part of uh, with paranormal activity uh, the reason I asked you the first question was did you have to do major, major renovation is because uh, changing a building at that age will, sometimes will start activity and I'm kind of curious yeah. when you had yeah. all these other people come in, did that make your activity worse? Because it, it seems to be the the standard belief that if you go in there and do a bunch of stuff, that it, it really just stirs up the spirits are there and, and a lot of times makes them angrier. Yeah, you know, ours uh, our spirits were never would come across as aggressive or angry or anything. There's one instance, uh, now that you'd mentioned it, it kind of jogs my memory that, we did have a camera crew come in and we have our house. These, those older houses are kind of split up into tiny little rooms and they did that to kind of preserve the heat in each room. Yes. Um, so we have different ways of getting to the top floor of our home. So the one camera crew that came through actually went through the room. It's the old parlor. And uh, we knew that that had annoyed our spirit. Our spirit has subsequently been, been known to be called Dr. Bob. He, he built the house way back when. And uh, they they cut through the parlor, and um, that parlor, it's a Masonic parlor. So Dr. Bob was a Freemason, and no one should be going in that room unless they're also a Freemason. So the camera crew cut through that room, and the door slammed right behind them to the surprise of the crew. And they had asked if we were alone, and I said, we are, but I think you might have irritated my ghost a little bit so <laughs> well you would think because if as you call him dr bob was a mason and that was the room where masonic uh, things were done then you know, no mason is really allowed in there so it would stand to reason that he would be upset yes and to this day like i say we have quite a few tours and have quite a few people through there now we still take that room that would be the last room that we tour through and i'm quite picky on who I bring through the room and I usually will introduce Bob to the, the people coming through before we take him through. Otherwise, he gets pretty put out. Well, you know, you uh, mentioned it in that way. That points out a lot of uh, what I have been able to glean from interviewing various paranormal investigators that uh, if you can maintain a certain degree of respect, then the spirits are generally more tolerant of you but when you disrespect them they do get quite uh, strenuously difficult to deal with yes and we've experienced that in the house as well like i say we have tours and and 99 of the time people are very respectful and we're, we're trying to honor the spirits that are in our home but every once in a while you have someone come through there that uh, has watched too many ghost shows and and tried to frustrate or intimidate the spirits in the house and i've seen it firsthand where our communication just cuts right off after someone is is disrespectful in the home right and and you mentioned seeing that on tv the antagonizing the spirits again going back to having interviewed numerous paranormal investigators that really is a big no-no you uh 
you, you treat them with respect, you address them accordingly, and you don't try to provoke them. 100%. Anybody that comes into the home or anybody that does a, a go through a haunted home or a home special like ours, I would say, use respect and use common sense. You, you're going to a house that uh, the spirits are sharing with you. So uh, be respectful and, and be mindful. Well, I would think it would be basically common courtesy because the way you're describing all this, it leads me to believe that, that you believe the activity in the home is generated by a spirit that used to be a living human being and used to own that property in that home. So yeah. I wouldn't come to your house and throw trash on your floor and, and take unprecedented liberties. I would come in and, and, and try to be respectful. And it was the same thing with with a, a spirit, I would think, because at one point they owned that property, and uh, you don't come in and, and trash an owner's property. It's just bad form, if nothing else. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I'm I'm not certain. You know, we do have interactive uh, activity that happens in the home, so we we do have a back and forth with our spirits in the home, and some is is what we call residual haunting as well, where basically we're kind of looking on as as our spirits going through their day-to-day activities that they would have 100 years ago. So both ways that uh, that occurs when we have that interactive haunting, I'm sure that they would be very put out by people being disrespectful in their home. And I, I would think there would be a reasonable reaction, honestly. <laughs> For sure, yeah. And, and, and again, you know, like I said, you don't go in somebody's house and trash it. I, I would probably react well i can guarantee i would react poorly if someone came into my home and was disrespectful and causing trouble so i yeah you, you would just think yeah. that's a given but still people do that and they're they're looking for that reaction so I yeah, do don't exactly if you, if you don't mind share a, a few more of your personal interactions with the, the spiritual in in your home well you you speak about the renovations that we've done and we've done quite a few We've had, uh, last summer, we were putting, uh, we have a walk-around balcony that goes clear around the house, and we were doing some renovations and had to dig out the area in the carriage house area. So we did that, and uh, we were just about finished, and one of the the odd things that happened was that we were looking for something to finish off and, and attach the uh, walkway to the building itself. Yes. And I had just said to my wife that it would be great if I had a long spike that we could drive in and, and attach that. We went in the home and we come back out and uh, to our surprise, there's one of those long spikes that just happens to be sitting there. And that's the uh, that's the spike that we use to attach the, the walk around porch to the house. We see that. That's uh, some of the other stuff. It, it, yeah. It just some of the other stuff that the, the spirit was actually helping you to renovate the property. So. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think he, he does watch over the property pretty close. We have a fairly famous photo of the house that uh, uh, was taken of Dr. Bob. We've done the research, and that's the gentleman that built the home, and that's the gentleman that passed away in the home. And uh, he's in the upstairs window kind of looking over the yard. And uh, it's, it's one of the ones that we, we get questioned on quite frequently by uh, various paranormal teams and by podcasts and and uh that's our our spirit watching out so now i'm assuming that since you, since you said you've got an interaction of this one photo at least 
that there is a, yep. a website or some sort of page people can go to and check these things out? Yeah, we've, uh, like I said, we've done quite a few paranormal tours through our house where uh, we try to show people that the interaction with the spiritual realm is not something to be afraid of, it's not something to fear, that uh, that they're with us and that they enjoy interacting with you too as long as you are, like you say, respectful to them. And our Facebook page is the Haunted Johnston with a T House Tours. And we have quite a bit of our paranormal investigative evidence on there. And uh, some of the videos is, is quite shocking. And uh, it's, it's entertaining for us at this point. But uh, a lot of people who never, ever actually come across that before or felt the paranormal before, uh, they're, they're quite taken aback by some of the, the interactions that we get. Well, and that, that's understandable when you've never experienced something before, and and that kind of refers me back to something you said earlier when when you felt something sit down on the couch next to you and uh, nothing was there, so you you got it basically went to your bedroom. Uh, that was a reaction yep. because I'm assuming that was the first time you'd experienced that. But do you remember feeling actually afraid, or was it startled more than anything else? I was. At the time, I think I was probably more startled, just not knowing. And I think that's what most people's natural reaction is, is uh, that they get startled because they don't understand what their, their body is picking up on. We have, we have lots of people, when they come through the house, they, uh, they'll start feeling things and they get overwhelmed with it. We've had lots of people, they'll tear up. We've had people that just need a, kind of a little bit of time to, uh, to go outside and kind of catch themselves and, and uh, get their senses back to them and, and they're free, they're good to go back through the house. And, um, yeah, the interactions there, like I say, we, we have them almost daily and uh, they're always positive. And, and that's, that's good to know because uh, it, it seems to be a rather calm experience. But with, with human nature, if something startles you, startling is is just a step away from from your imagination kicking in and making you afraid, and then once fear kicks in, of course, yeah. then, then everybody runs screaming into the night or, or some variation of that. But it yeah, to me, for sure, it, it seems more positive that it is an interaction. You know, it's an interaction, but it's a more calm interaction. It doesn't seem to me by anything you've said so far that any entity in the home is actually trying to terrify people. No, our, um, our gentleman that is probably the, the biggest, uh, spirit that we pick up in the house is, like I say, is Dr. Bob. He actually is there with his daughter who passed away three years after him, uh, in the house as well. And, um, those two in particular, there, there's a very loving relationship. We've done quite a few spirit box sessions in the house and, uh, we can pick up those two communicating back and forth on a fairly regular basis. And it's a loving relationship. And I like to think that uh, the two of them are together and they're, they're enjoying the home as much as we do as well. See, and, and that is, that's a wonderful thought. And we would like to think that that's the case. Definitely. Now, uh, but it, it makes me wonder, do you think that really the reason he's interacting is possibly just let you know, okay, I'm here. You don't have to be afraid. I'm just helping keep an eye on the place. Would that be a fair assessment? I think so. I think um, 
I think a lot of times these houses pick the people that come in there as well. And uh, I think in this instance, Dr. Bob, the spirit that's there, realizes that we have only the best intentions for the house and we just want to, you know, create a loving home and, and family life in that home. And I think he appreciates that. Well, see, and it, it would seem to be, based on everything you've told me, because uh, it, it, it's kind of like like calling to like. You know, if you're a nice person, a considerate person, then you can appreciate other people being nice and considerate. Yeah, for sure. So now, have there been any negative experiences in the home at all? We've had experiences that when, when uh, we have instances where there's something going wrong in the home, we definitely get let know. I noticed that uh, there, there are times we've had, um, we've heard noises in the home, we've heard a, a bang in the house. I guess I should back up a little bit and explain that Dr. Bob passed away in the home due to a gunshot wound. So it was very, very quick and uh, very final, obviously, the way he, he left. Now we've had, uh, we've had what uh, we refer to as residual hauntings, uh, where we hear a loud bang in the house, which sounds like a, a, a gun blast, or uh, have things that will, will crash and bang in the basement area by the carriage house where we've had some of these incidences occur. And uh, they can be quite startling if you're, if you're not there. I've had reports from for, former owners of the house that have come forward and said that they feel uncomfortable around the home, and maybe they didn't have that close interaction with, with Dr. Bob, where they had negative experiences and just could not be in the home by themselves. I have one, one former owner had said any time that his, his wife and daughters would go shopping that he would actually go sit in the driveway and read a book because he was so overwhelmed he couldn't be in the house by himself. He just felt uh, anxiety. And I'd say that's probably the most common feeling for people that don't understand what they're actually feeling is anxiety. Well, yes, and uh, people do get it. it. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but yeah, it would be because it's something beyond your normal sphere of, of interaction. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of it has to do with the the high EMF, the electromagnetic frequency that's picked up in that particular home as well. Yes. It, uh, it most definitely um, interacts with people on that level as well. We have people, they'll uh, feel ang- anxious some people going through the home will uh, have headaches or or feel little dizzy spells as well. And I think that's all physical elements coming out in the form of the EMF that's interacting with them. Well, see, that's completely possible because, you know, human beings are basically an electrochemical organism. And uh, some people are more sensitive to outside electrical current than others. You've, you've heard... Uh, some people just can't wear watches, for instance, because their watches stop. And uh, it could be yeah. that someone is more sensitive to that kind of field. And then when, when they get near it, well, for instance, uh, the, the show Ghost Hunters, they, they addressed that. Because uh, if you have unshielded wiring, for instance, it can make like a fear cage. And, uh, yep. and, and it can even cause an illusion. Uh, if a person's really sensitive to that and spends a lot of time around it. But uh, it, at, yeah, uh, it would sure. be interesting to talk to the, this person at, at length to, to try to discover whether it was just some sort of biological response or whether he uh, 
just had poor interaction with the spirits present in the home. Yeah, I, you know, I would probably chalk it up to that he wasn't understanding, um, you know, the, the physical symptoms that he was feeling, and uh, he, it was just a level of uncomfort to the point where he had to exit the home. But uh, yeah, it was it was funny when we purchased the house; nobody ever did um, identify to us that the house was quite haunted. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and there exists the possibility too that. It might not have been haunted for someone else because a lot of people just don't notice the activity or, or they're so determined that it's not that, that they convince itself it's something else. Uh, I, I've, I've made the statement before, there seems to be three camps when it comes to paranormal. You have people who believe in ghosts and they're always going to believe in ghosts no matter what you tell them. You have people that won't believe in ghosts no matter what you tell them. It, but it's the people in the middle that are thinking, well, maybe something's out there, but I don't really know what it is. So if this home had been owned, for instance, by someone in the camp, for instance, of not believing in paranormal activity, then if you refuse to believe in something, then you can take extreme measures to rationalize it away. Yeah, I, I would agree fully to that. And uh, it's funny because when you say you have the three camps, we, we get probably every time we have a tour come through the house, we have people in each camp. And it's interesting to note that um, it's usually the skeptics that uh, get the most interaction in our house. And, and I can pick out fairly easily when somebody's going to have their uh, K2 meters, for instance, going off fairly frequently with a person, or if they're going to feel something touch them, or if they're... Um, you know, going to have experiences um, with our FLIR cameras that we have people go through the house with. So it's uh, it's pretty interesting. I think our our spirit he likes to uh, play little games on people and likes to show them show them what actually happens in his house. So. Well, I, I, you know, it's funny that you say that because I know if I, for instance, were a spirit in my home, and then someone came in my house. Uh, talking about there's no such thing as ghosts. Now, if it was in, within my power, I would show them, yes, there definitely is. So it's a yeah. possibility that, <laughs> that sure. uh, the, the doctor is like, well, you know, let me educate you a little bit here. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're 100% right. But uh, and, you know, I just go by, by what I would do, and, and that would be my reaction. Yeah. We've, we've done quite a bit of history on our, um, like I say, our residents that are still with us. And uh, it turns out Dr. Bob was kind of a prankster in life. And uh, he used to love a good story and, and love entertaining people. So that would be right up his alley to, to play some head games with skeptics. Well, you know, and, and that, that makes perfect sense based on, on, on that description. The other things you've said, if you enjoyed interacting <laughs> with people when you were alive, and it was possible to continue to interact with people after you'd passed away. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, exactly. So you say that you, you, you give tours, and we've discussed you being on television a couple of times. What is a typical day at uh, the Haunted Johnston House? Well, on the tour itself, we usually will introduce people to the various rooms and we'll talk about some of the incidents that we've had in the, in the house itself. 
Our tour is very interactive in the fact that we have a lot of the equipment that we use on our paranormal investigations, and we allow the amateurs to use the equipment themselves so they get a better feel of, uh, you know, of, of, of what they're actually interacting with. Not only that, they get to uh, test out some of the equipment that they do see on these shows and understand for themselves what what really happens when there's spiritual interaction as opposed to the Hollywood version of what uh, what happens. So um, we have dowsing rods that we use in the house and, and we get lots of activity with that. Um, like I said, we bring EMF detectors. Everyone has EMF detector and they're able to follow the spirits and the EMF, uh, EMF pools in the home. And uh, we have we have probably just about every room has EMF activity and uh, there's certain rooms that we have quite a bit. We have a spirit box session that we will have um, at the end of our tours and we get some interaction with our spirits back there. Uh, Dr. Bob likes to discuss certain topics. So there's topics that I'll bring up and that brings up a little bit of activity on our REM pods and on our K2 meters. There's, there's all, all sorts of interaction. We have uh, uh, flickering lights. We have uh, doors that opened and closed on the regular. It's uh, it's it's never ending. The stuff that actually happens in the home. Well, it sounds like it, if a person were interested in paranormal activity, that that would be a wonderful place to visit. Yeah, and and we do get a lot of teams that come through there just because of a lot of the uh, history and the research that we've done on the home and of the families. So a lot of teams will come through and they will um, see if they can get their their equipment to basically corroborate what we've found. And it's it's very unique to have a house where you know who you're interacting with. So we're we're very special in that in that area. Well yes, and, and uh, you're absolutely right, because in a lot of cases if an organization goes in, they're they're going in blind, even if they know history of the area. And they don't know what's going to answer them, if anything. So in, in your case, though, you know when you, you go in there, most likely you're going to be interacting with the spirit of, of, of Dr. Bob. Yeah, yeah, that's right. And his daughter, Marjorie, will come out as well. Well, I was going to ask you about that. A lot of people will... mentioned before whether she interacted a lot or not. I, I was going to ask you about that. So, Yeah, so she tends to hang out both both of our spirits will have certain areas of the home where they they are more marjorie the little girl she likes to hang around on the uh, staircase and on the second level of the home mm. and dr bob is usually around uh, the living room area and he does go into his parlor uh, which is adjacent to the living room area and uh, and a lot of people ask me how do you know who you're interacting with and uh it's unique in the fact that um, the fact that the Freemasons play a, play a part into all of this because we do get special words and special things said that come up on our our phonetic dictation equipment that we use and it speaks it does say Dr. Bob and it does say some of the uh, Masonic words that are special to that fraternity that uh, only a, a Mason would know and be able to use so. Now, on that it's subject, unique in that regard. Uh, sorry to interrupt, but on that subject, have you had anyone from uh, the, the Masonic organization come in and to verify any of this? Or 
have they been quiet about it? Well, I myself am a Freemason, um, actually a Freemason of the same lodge of Dr. Bob. So we have done quite a bit of history, both through the historical society in in the town itself and through the the Mason Lodge that Bob was a lodge in, a lodge member in. So we do have uh, pretty good evidence that uh, uh, the time frame that he was there, we know, um, you know, experiences that have been written in our historical records that that identify um, Bob and, and the individual he was. Well, and, and that may actually explain or add a little insight into why you have you personally have such wonderful interaction with the doctor because uh, Masonic Brotherhood, you, you don't stop being a Mason. So uh, he has that that's, extra level of connection to you. That's uh, 100% right, and I believe that myself and... Um, when we when we have people through the home, I'm delivering it as I'm delivering a, a walkthrough of a home of a fellow brother and their home and and what the expectations would be. So there is a kinship there. There is that fraternity that's never ending. Yes. And uh, I, I think uh, I think there is is that interaction with Bob and myself because of that connection for sure. And if nothing else, it would serve to deepen the bond and deepen the interaction. And engender trust because, you know, assuming that this is the spirit of Dr. Bobby, thinking, okay, here's a brother Mason. He's not going to do anything to uh, offend me and compromise, you know, the continuity of things, as it were. For sure. And and one of the the credos of a Mason is is to make a good man a better man. So we know that uh, we're dealing with a pretty good guy on the outset and that, uh, you know, having, having done some of that research that he was, uh, uh, well-respected in the community and one of the first, uh, first dentists, uh, in the town that, uh, he was very, very well-respected when he was alive. So it just, it just goes to show that he would be very proper man and in, in death as well. Yeah. I, because it, that wouldn't change. I wouldn't think. No. So, uh, what other stories would you care to share of your interaction or other people's interaction at the home? We've actually had little pets that, uh, spiritual pets that we've had people, a cat, for instance, people will feel a cat brushing up against their bare legs in a certain room in the house. So, uh, I believe we have uh, a resident pet that's, that stayed around. Um, we do have, uh, Bob, who who tends to pull ladies' hair just uh, slightly, just to let let them know that he's around. Yes, uh, we've had quite a few psychics that have come through that have confirmed that. Yeah, Bob's a bit of a prankster, and everything is done basically just to grab people's attention. Well, you know, I have interviewed other paranormal um, investigators that say most activity is just to get your attention. And it's that if they can't control their own energy, that's when, in a lot of cases, people get hurt. Uh, like, for instance, most scratching isn't malicious. They're just trying to get your attention, and they can't control the energy. So they grab yeah. you too hard, for instance. Now, of course, there are some malevolent yeah. things, but uh, people uh, have, have exhibited you know, to me that a lot of times it is just accidental. Yeah. We've never actually encountered any of the scratching or anything in, in our home. Uh, just about everything is, you know, 
pretty closely linked to electrical manipulation, so our devices. My wife is a a nurse educator, and uh, she's had experiences when I'm at work, and uh, she's uh, had where her computer will be there, and the, the sound will turn off, and then they can't they can't fix it. Uh, they try remotely dialing in, and there says there's nothing wrong. And uh, and and my wife will ask Doctor Bob if he'll give her her computer access back. And lo and behold, the computer will will uh, be back functional. Uh, we have a room in the home that uh, we we have set up as a nursery, an old nursery from early 1900s. And we usually keep that room closed. It's a little bit cooler of a room, so we keep it closed. Um, we have video cameras set up around the house and we've actually captured our cat on the, on one of the days that, uh, we had the room door open and the cat actually getting shooed out, uh, by an unknown entity on the other side of the, the door where she comes out of the room and you can actually hear on our video camera that it says her name and, and shushes her out of the room. So <laughs> that's, that's been, uh, yeah, that's, uh, pretty telling that, that happened we've had numerous people get get pictures of uh, of uh, dr bob in windows we've had uh, people capture capture video um interaction with uh, we, we have we, we run a flashlight test in the house which um people have probably seen before but um dr bob is able to manipulate the flashlight and turn it on and off and people have captured video of that that's always a fairly popular thing that we do with Dr. Bob. We've had him and I interact by playing chess. Chess is a gentleman's game. It's been around for a long time. Yes. Um, I've had an experiment where I have a K2 meter sitting on my chessboard, and uh, I'll make a move, and the the uh, K2 meter will will go off, indicating that uh, Bob wants to move. So we'll. We'll move his piece and uh, back and forth like that, and it's it's uh, it's a it's a fun way. It's a it's a way to demonstrate interaction with spirit that's that's perceived by others as you know um, healthy interaction and uh, not something to fear, but something to pique interest. Well, I was going to say we get that. lots of. Uh, well, I was just going to say that it seems to be overall positive, as, as I've said before. When typically, when you know, when you mention ghost to someone, it, it kind of generates a, a a negative thought, something that is going to be terrifying and creepy and things of that nature. But it doesn't seem like you're you're experiencing any of that in this home. No, I would say all of our interaction is positive. We do, you know, any other thing that would be, you know, we pick up smells in various rooms of tobacco and. And something you you know if you if you think back that your grandpa might have smoked a pipe that's some of the stuff that we pick up but just about all our interaction I would say is is 100% positive and it's either us interacting one on one with them or we're basically overseeing or overhearing interaction within their own family that would have happened a hundred years ago yes. and it's all been very very positive. So now, based on your experience, I typically ask my guests this. What would you say to people who don't believe in ghosts, don't believe in the paranormal? What, what would you say to them? You know, what I would say is that that's perfectly okay. I didn't believe in, in spirits either until I lived with them. 
So it's a natural reaction to have. It's totally acceptable. And I would just say if, if you are going through a place that might have uh, paranormal activity, just keep an open mind and be open to to experiencing. Don't Don't close yourself off. And, you know, if spirit wants to interact with you, they will. And chances are you will be a believer at some level. And I think people are are uh, are better for it that when they keep that open mind if they're going through a home like that so now the the other end of this question the other side of it is that uh what would you say to somebody that believes everything is supernatural you know like i said i uh i've seen a lot of the shows that i know that equipment's being manipulated and people are being manipulated i uh I really do not like that. I think a lot of uh, a lot of people will will create things in order to get people to believe. And to me, it's uh, it's it's very personal. I, I think um, I I like trying to enlighten people to the spiritual world, but I don't like people who try to bring someone to that side and uh, and do it for for you know for means for their own means and their own purposes. A lot of people will, you know, we, we all have, have faced loss in our lives and a lot of people will be quick to jump into the fact that a situation is paranormal when it isn't. And I, I think we all have uh, witnessed people, you know, seeing dust particles floating around a room and, and want to call it orbs or, or feel that there's interaction going on when there really isn't or, or see faces in a, in a mirror where there's nothing. And it's, people should be cautious. You know, th- there are paranormal events that happen in your life, but uh, not everything is, and, and don't believe everything you see. Well, thanks a lot for being on the podcast. We appreciate it, and look forward to talking to you again soon when you get some more information. This is Charles Romans, and on behalf of myself and our guests, thank you for joining us on this walk through the shadows of legend. If you like what you heard, please follow us and visit our website at shadowsoflegend.com and support our Patreon page to help keep the content flowing. And if you would like to be a guest and share your own brush with a stranger paranormal, don't hesitate to email us and include a contact number. The strange and surreal, the normal and the paranormal are all aspects of the world in which we live. As you reflect upon the stories we have shared, keep in mind that the people sharing these stories are actual real people just like us were the stories shared compelling enough to be given credibility or should they be relegated to the deeper part of the shadows but when determining this it might be a good idea to keep an open mind because when we look around we might discover that our own world is less brightly lit than we once thought until next time i'll be waiting for you in the shadows of legend